This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, Episode 26. This is Writing Excuses Adjusting Character Competence. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we are totally that smart. <laughs> I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And I trust Dan on this because... <laughs> He's because, competent. Wow. How did you convince us of that, Dan? That was amazing. Well. So, <laughs> competence, character <laughs> competence. How do you adjust the sliding scale of character competence? This is in reference to previous podcasts we've done. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to them. We are talking about how to make a character more or less competent. And my question is to the podcasters, why would you want to go one direction or the other? Uh, again, this gets into making characters that people want to root for. Okay. But sometimes if your character is too competent, it becomes mm-hmm. difficult f- to root for them or, or to f- take any satisfaction in them achieving something. Right. An example of this is I have a friend who, um, who has a partial hand. Mm-hmm. And she says that people get amazed when she can open a jar of salsa. But she, and she's like, but it's just a jar of salsa. Right. And that other people, you just open a jar of salsa. Mm-hmm. And so that competency slider makes you root for her more when you see her approaching right. the jar of right. salsa. Right, just naturally. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great metaphor. Um, I would say that with this idea, number one, competence will make a character more sympathetic mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, but pulling down competence, if you have your sliders all three high, you're going to have, number one, a character who can't grow as much, yeah. at least in these areas. Um, and you're going to have a character then, number two, that's going to have a harder time finding any sort of conflict. And if you move down one of the slider bars, competence is a great one. If you move down competence, then you can show progress as they become better at something. You can show difficulties because they are not capable of fixing this problem yet. They have to find another way around it. It gives you all sorts of great storytelling conflicts that you can deal with. Yeah, the other thing... At, uh, oh. Okay, you know what? I was... We, we were at... Uh, I don't remember which of Mary's uh, writing retreats I was at at Mary's place, but uh, I was trying to write uh, a horror piece, and um, I... I said out loud, you know, I'm trying to find a way to make this character incompetent. And Mary said, no, 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 no. You're trying to find a way to push this character outside of the realm in which she is competent. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, because I was writing horror, I realized, oh, that's exactly what I need. Because, you know, some of the some of the worst nightmares that we as human beings who dream have mm-hmm. are when we are dreaming and there is a thing that we should be able to do that we just can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, and that's that's actually one thing that I, uh, very close to what I was going to say is that you can demonstrate a character is competent in one area and not competent in, an, in right. another. And by demonstrating their competency in one, you know that the character isn't stupid. Mm-hmm. And so that also means that the area that they are incompetent in, it raises the difficulty level of that area. And right. that, that's I, useful. Yeah, I love the way that the most recent Bond film played with this mm. by having Bond go up against a computer programmer as the main villain. Uh-huh. And so he's incredibly competent in his area of expertise of shooting things and beating yes. them up. 
but then he's up against a guy who can hack into whatever he wants and and so the story then becomes about Bond trying to change the playing field to one that suits him better and uh, very well done. Yeah, and it's an excellent way to take a character who is hyper-competent and still give them these vulnerabilities we talked about in the last um, podcast that will make them sympathetic. Um, I love this idea in particular, and it, it really is when we talk about moving the, the competence bar up and down, really what we're talking about is moving some areas down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, every great character will have something you admire about them. Even if, um, when I, we did this first, the podcast on this, I mentioned Samwise Gamgee as someone who had sympathy, but not competence and not proactivity. Well, that's not 100% true. He has sympathy bars way to the top. His competency is down, except in one area. He is loyal. He is extremely competent in his little realm. He's just completely outside He's of a that really realm. good gardener. He's a yeah. really good gardener. He's a really good friend. He's incredibly loyal. He has some of these competencies. Just when you compare him to Gandalf and Aragorn and some mm-hmm. of these people, he has no competency in the realm that he's in. But having those little ones that he can do, the things that Sam can do, make us like him mm-hmm. and work really well. Yeah, and a lot of times having an everyman character like mm-hmm. that is someone that is easier for the audience to relate to. Right. Uh, and sometimes even if they're not your main character, they can be the, the viewpoint character, the character through which you enter the story. Um, in film, this often works sometimes better or theater, but it's the character that you're like, oh, that's what I would be like on this. I right. would like to be like these other people. Mm-hmm. Right, but this is the person I like to be. Yeah, yeah this uh, is the person I would, yeah. And another where, another, excuse me, another place where you can see people playing with different levels of competency is in the heist formula, yeah. mm-hmm. where you have yeah. five different levels of super competent in one area and then not competent anywhere else, and they have to work together. Uh, Most quest books are the same. Yeah. Yep. This is why I love the movie Sneakers, which I often bring out as my favorite heist um, story, because they are all hyper-competent in one area, and then they're often buffoons in a lot of other areas. every other area. And it makes them funny and fun, and they have to, like, arrange their, Mm -hmm. their, their competences to work. Um, really well, it's great when yeah. you can do well, this. Well, and there's that moment where, mm-hmm. uh, was it Robert Redford's character is blindfolded in the van? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and he says, I hear, I hear a cocktail party. Yeah. I hear a cocktail party. I, and yes. the guys are like, what, what are you talking about? You hear a cocktail party. It's a gaggle of geese. Yes. Um, but it's and the, the blind yeah. guy yes. who is listening on the headphones says, we'll make a blind person out of you yet. Yeah, you know, you identified you identified what you were hearing well enough, uh, you know, to be in in the blind guy's eyes, right. an honorary blind guy. Really yeah. neat moment. Yeah, yeah that's one of my that's my favorite moment. Of the whole film is where they're describing where he went by the sounds. Well, mm-hmm. and that's that's another thing that you can do to demonstrate a character's competency is show other characters fail. Yeah. And a lot of times when you're dealing with um, trying to, especially if you're dealing with trying to establish competency in something that you have made up, yeah, like magic or anything mm-hmm. else, you know, we don't know how hard this is Yep. unless we see somebody else try and fail and then you step in and your character succeeds. You're like, oh, oh, right. I guess you're good at that. Yeah, exactly. No, this is perfect. You well, see this a lot. That's one of the places where um, a lot of people who are building you know, building and writing genre fiction settings will get it wrong. You know, mm-hmm. they, they try and say, you know, and he, you know, grunted and strained and then cast the spell and everything was okay. And we're like, well, 
I don't know how hard that was. I saw you making the faces of exertion, but I don't really understand because I don't know, I don't know what incompetence looks like. Mm -hmm. this I don't know what failure looks like. In The Matrix, where fighting an agent is not something you can do, and they show Trinity fighting an agent and failing. They show how hard this is. They show, you know, and to, mm -hmm. then when the moment when Neil has to fight the agent, you're like, this is impossible. I have seen the whole movie, them trying to do this and not being capable of doing it. You know, we've talked in the past about how Indiana Jones is a character who's very proactive but not super competent. Mm -hmm. At the end of the third movie, they do this where he's going through the series of tests and yes. traps. Uh -huh. And they're very careful of always having somebody else go first and through die. each trap. Mm -hmm. And they die yep. and something horrible happens. And then we get a moment of competence from Indiana Jones being smart enough to figure out a way around right. it. But once again, it's the Jackie Chan thing where he's, you get the sense that he's always right at the edge of his ability yes. and maybe one step past it and it's only well, dumb luck. Well, that and that was also accomplished with, with dumb luck uh, and yeah. I mean, one of his competencies is adapting to an unfamiliar situation. Yes. Yeah, and he is, he is a darn good archaeologist. I mean, like yes. his, yeah. his knowledge of history <laughs> it's true. is really good. But in order to cast of him, languages. in order to cast that in a way that we felt tension, yes. mm -hmm. we have him going through it at the same time his father is dying and yes. remembering these pages from the notes and trying to puzzle through this and is very concerned that his son is just not smart enough <laughs> yeah. to figure this next <laughs> yeah. one out. Yeah. Well, then mm -hmm. you also see the effort that Indiana is going through. And that's, that's another thing when you're showing an area of competency, particularly for something uh, that is cerebral, mm -hmm. that actually watching someone go through the steps yes. will, will lower the competency bar in some way because you see the amount of effort. Whereas if you just have someone, the Doctor Who does this all the time, where, and Sherlock Holmes, yeah. where he just looks at it and he announces the solution, and you don't see the steps. Right. And that make that raises the competency bar, but it also makes it a little harder to relate to. It does. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Let's stop for a book of the week. Dan, you have Republic of Thieves. You're the Republic of Thieves by Scott Lynch is a wonderful example of how an author is playing with competency um, of these different characters. The the series, it's the third in the Gentleman Bastard series, which is basically heist movies in a fantasy world. And uh, the characters are very good. We've seen them in two other books being brilliant. And in this one, what he does is, first of all, he's telling two different stories at the same time, jumping back and forth between the present day when they're very, very good at their job, and then in the past when they still weren't very good yet and they were figuring it out. So you get to see that contrast of competence. And then he kicks it up further. We've been waiting three books now for Sabatha to appear. She is always rumored. She's this almost mythological person from their past. And when she shows up, uh, Scott Lynch hits it out of the park with her. She is an absolutely amazing character. And the battle of minds between her and Locke is just stellar. Uh, fantastic, competent thieves outdoing each other, you know, in layers upon layers of battle. Uh, very good book. It's 
probably my favorite in the series. Excellent. Now, this does come with a content warning. A very strong content warning. Strong, strong. <laughs> Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Start a 30-day free trial membership and get book three of the Gentleman Bastard series, The Republic of Thieves, uh, narrated by Michael Page and written by the reasonably competent Scott Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's get back to this. We are trying to move our bar up. You have found that your character is just getting through things too easily, and you want to move their competence down a bit without making them unsympathetic. What can, they, what can the author do? Okay. Um, one first thing to do is to make sure you give them a, an antagonist who is up at their level. So they are picking on someone their own size. Yeah. Excellent. Um, good example is the TV show, I guess, I shouldn't say TV, but the Netflix show House of Cards. Mm -hmm. The main character is competent to the point that he's not interesting. And then in the latter half of the second season, they give him an antagonist who is a match for him. And cool. suddenly the stakes matter again and the character is cool. So well, the that whole was the whole of Sherlock Moriarty. of Moriarty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the whole point of Moriarty is to do this. The, the, and, and what that does is it introduces the risk of failure. Yeah. And that, I think, is one of the key things to introduce, uh, showing either demonstrating by having somebody else fail, but having them fail or almost fail and or making a clear what will happen if they fail, but making the potential for failure present. Yeah. And one that I like is for us to take, or for, for the, the character to do a thing that we've seen them do before mm -hmm. and do it the way they've done it before looking supremely competent and we pull back and we realize you've just made things disastrously worse yeah because what, now what we see is the level of competence that you've been exercising really isn't in fact up to this task and, and i think that's a great way to raise the stakes or you um take something they're good at doing and when they do it in this new realm it doesn't work anymore it um you know it's no longer good enough yeah i am you know that you, you see this a lot in the archetype of, for instance, I am a really great, you know, I'm, I'm Earth's greatest football player. You go play space football, and suddenly Earth's greatest space football player is nothing among the space football players. This, this is like the, all of the dance movies yeah. where, or mm -hmm. the ice skating movies where yeah. the hockey player gets paired with the... Yes. The, the, mm -hmm. um, all of these are following that exact thing. In fact, if you actually want to watch this arc, yeah. um, strangely, one of my... My favorite TV shows is actually Dancing with the Stars because mm. it takes people who are at the top of their game in whatever their field is and it puts them in something that they suck at. And watching them attempt to gain competency is an interesting journey. And also, you know, pretty costumes and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about the other direction? You want to make a character more competent in their area. You want to show them being competent, but you don't want to turn them into a Mary Sue. That's what the try-fail cycle is for. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of it is the seeing them exert the effort um, and then improve. Mm -hmm. And then they exert the effort, they still fail, but they improve. And then the third time or whatever, you actually nail it. And that, that's one way to, to demonstrate mm -hmm. if, you want to, if you want to raise it during the course of the thing. Right, and I should mention that uh, just like the other bar, and we will see this with the third bar as well, Moving the bar is a plot, mm -hmm. is an arc, when, you know, into itself. If you take, when you take that bar and through the course of a story, you move it one direction or the other, yeah. you are creating an arc. And the entire epic fantasy quest genre 
exist, the, you know, the, the whole, um, what we call the eternal apprentice, the, um, the, the farm boy on a quest, exists to take that, this bar from stage one mm-hmm. to stage ten let me, through the course of the series. Let me qualify that statement real quick. Um, if, and I'm going quali- I'm, I'm to qualify it by flipping it on its head. Mm-hmm. If the moving of this bar from the position where it is in the beginning of the story to some other point in the story, if the moving of that bar does not have an arc associated with it, mm-hmm. you're probably not moving the bar correctly. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, it occurs to me that uh, one way to reduce a character's competency is to literally make them too competent for their own good. And the example that comes to mind is Wesley in The Princess Bride. He beats the swordsman, he beats the giant, he beats Pacini, he has beaten every challenge, and then he's presented with a challenge which is, where he, he basically is forced to sacrifice himself to mm-hmm. save Buttercup. And so he just continues being competent and noble and amazing, but then is reduced to a shell for the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, and that story also works, we should mention, because it is parsh- it is satire and humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a hyper competent character does n- when you're matching that with these other sort of bars we haven't even talked about. Can <laughs> you can have a character who's proactive, competent, and sympathetic because you're making it all funny and it's about all of these different well, things. And the other thing about that also mm-hmm. is that you know the that he had to pay a price for yes. those, all of those mm-hmm. competencies, and although. The, that price happens off stage. You know that it occurred because of how long he's been gone, and and because the dread pirate Roberts, who we've right. heard so much about, you know yeah. that there was a price paid for that. Which is another area way to make the you not resent someone being so good is to make that. Yeah. Well, and when we it's positioned, true, cost. I say we. Yeah. When, when Goldman positioned Wesley's bar where he yeah. did, yeah, he did it by positioning. Uh, the swordsman and the giant's bar for us. Yeah. And the positions of those bars become critical in the final act of the story. Yeah. And that's part of what's so brilliant about it. Right. Yeah. I really love how that's, this is a great example of a character whose bars are, for most of the, the story, all the way to the top mm-hmm. and still is a great character. Yeah. Um, and it's an example of me saying, you can write stories that these bars are all at the top and yeah. make it work. Absolutely. The other thing that you can do, um, I think, is to have your character apply a skill from another area mm-hmm. of their life into something that is completely unexpected. And right. one of my favorite moments of that is uh, the Donna Noble character in Doctor Who. There's this moment where they're going through and there's these random numbers. And the doctor can't figure out, are they de- what are they? And mm-hmm. Donna's like... It's a filing system because she has brought her experience as a temp into this strange alien spaceship. And she's like, I, if there's anything I know, it's filing systems. The entire movie, Legally Blonde, it hinges on Mm -hmm. one of those moments. Yep. All right. Let's go and have a writing prompt, which I have come up with. I want you to take a very minor side character in a story you're working on and make them hyper-competent in something, and see how that changes your story. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. 
They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 